turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Do you know who Sarah Gonzalez is? She is a warrior for kids. She is a conservative. We may have some disagreements. We may have some agreements. We're about to find out. Now, it's time for some sanity. It's the Michelle Tafoya podcast. Sarah Gonzalez is the host of News and Why It Matters on Blaze Television. She is also the CEO of American Beauty the executive director of Defend Our Kids Texas. And my favorite description of her on her Twitter page is, quote, spicy bitch, unquote. So it's interesting. She's with American Beauty. I don't know that we're going to promote that very much because I get all my beauty products from Genucel, and you already know that. And the biggest summer secret to great looking, a glowing summer complexion is Genucel. It's a lot more than just staying hydrated and using sunscreen. It's having all these great skincare products from Genucel. Now, sun, humidity, dehydrated skin, covered in dark spots, and even puffier bags under the eyes. These are problems for everyone, right? But thankfully, Genucel has the perfect answer. Introducing Genucel's beautifully curated Summer Essentials Package. It's a limited edition package that includes Genucel's one-of-a-kind Ultra Retinol Super Moisturizer that uses a powerful plant extract alternative to retinol. So there are no harsh side effects and it's perfectly safe to use in the summer sun. I just put it on this morning. Plus, you'll get Genucel's classic skincare therapy for under eye bags and puffiness and concentrate. This is my favorite concentrated vitamin C serum to nourish your skin for a visibly clear complexion with a glow that'll get you compliments everywhere you go this summer. Genucel.com slash Michelle, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Michelle with one L. Go there right now. Get your Genucel Summer Essentials Package. And just for the summer, every subscription order includes a customized summer spa gift box, absolutely free. Order now, and every summer package includes Genucel's immediate effects, also free. And with immediate effects, results guaranteed in 12 hours or less, or your money back. So what do you have to lose? Don't wait. Genucel.com slash Michelle. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E. Genucel.com slash Michelle. G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash Michelle. Coming up next, Sarah Gonzalez. Sarah, welcome. I I read your Twitter page. I, I love reading those to people because generally... That's kind of your summation of yourself or yourself in a little nutshell. My favorite part was spicy bitch. Uh, and <laughs> I've read some of your Twitter feed and you are spicy. Um, mm -hmm. You know how, Sarah, there are so many women in America who identify as more liberal. Uh, you and I, uh, on being on the more conservative side, are seem to be anomalies. Why do you think that is? 
Yeah, um, I think because the left has been so effective at their messaging. And I think that that's something that the conservatives really need to take a look at moving forward, especially if they want to capture uh, the younger generation that we see going farther and farther to the radical side, especially when you talk about issues of abortion and things like that. So what the left has done is they've weaponized language. You know, they call abortion something like reproductive health care. And, uh, you know, they use certain words to make them sound like, to make them think that they actually are oppressed. So you have these liberal women who genuinely think that they're oppressed because they can't do something like kill their own baby, you know? And so when the left has just been so effective, and they also, of course, have the mainstream media who is able to carry their talking points for them. And so I just think that because they have been able to weaponize language so effectively, they really have tricked all of these young women into thinking that, you know, that it's, it's basically the handmaid's tale out there, which you and I know is not the case. I have not encountered that in my life. I will say that right away. What, where was it in your life that you understood that you were actually a conservative? I, I can tell you that I, I definitely have changed. I've evolved through the course of my life. So I'm wondering what, have you always been a conservative or was there a point where you started to see the world differently? Um, so I was lucky enough. I was fortunate enough to be raised by parents who raised me right, which pun intended. I mean that literally <laughs> and metaphorically, but, um, you know, there was a time I did go to college. So, you know, there was a time that I was exposed to a lot of, uh, you know, kind of radical left content that I had the opportunity to go one or two ways. I just, I think that it really depends on how the person thinks. Because if you're a very logical, analytical person, you look at the facts the way that they are. And I think that you would typically just align with conservatism. But there are a lot of people who operate under feelings-based you know, um, uh, decisions. And so they, it doesn't feel good. They want to do what feels good, what feels right. And, and the left really speaks to those people using, like I said, language to kind of weaponize and, and make them feel a certain way. And so I just it just never affected me. Um, I think the way that it affects so many women who are, of course, wired differently and very emotional, and that's just kind of not in my nature. So I really didn't, uh, I didn't ever have a shift to the left. But I will tell you, Michelle, um, I was very radicalized in the sense that um, there were certain issues like the topic of abortion, like the topic of guns. There were certain issues that while I was conservative, you know, I wasn't really staunchly so. Like I thought, yeah, Killing babies isn't a good thing, but I guess the government shouldn't shouldn't dictate what women do with their bodies. I sort of you went along with that talking point until I saw the left shift all the way over to the other side of the pendulum and say, we want abortions up until the point of birth. Yeah. And that's when I went, hold on a second. This is this is wrong. And mm-hmm. so it really kind of took the left getting so radical um, for me to go, OK, you know what? I'm going to radicalize a little bit, too, because I didn't realize that that's what you guys were advocating for. And I think that that happens with a lot of their policies and a lot of average Americans who don't realize, oh, you guys are advocating for gun confiscation. Yeah, we didn't sign up for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think when people understand what happens to a completely unarmed society and how vulnerable Mm -hmm. an unarmed society is. And, you know, there's always that argument. (laughs) I'm raising my children conservatively as well. I'm I'm not I'm not forcing anything on them. I'm just answering some of their questions with the ideas from my side. Uh, But I remember my son saying to me, well, so what if you have a gun? The government can drop a bomb on your house, you know. And and it's not going to matter. And it was 
it was difficult for me to explain to him why that was faulty thinking. Um, but it's definitely, we are challenged by mm -hmm. the youth of this country and what they are learning or absorbing. Um, you work for Blaze TV, which is a very conservative outlet. Yeah. These conservative outlets are kind of relatively new in the broadcast world. And I'm just wondering what you can tell me about how you think Blaze is having an influence on countering some of the liberal narrative. Well, I think we've been uh, extremely effective and essential at doing so um, because, you know, as you pointed out, the, the mainstream media, um, you're, gonna, you're not going to see what you might see on Blaze TV. Now, um, the average, the typical leftist would say, well, that's because it's all fake news and you guys are just making stuff up. Or, or we just are showing you the things that perhaps MSNBC doesn't want you to see. We're showing you the context that CNN isn't going to show you. And so I think that a lot of, you know, um, uh, conservatives in particular have gone, this is disgusting. I can't take the mainstream false narrative anymore. And they've ventured over to Blaze TV or they ventured over to, you know, I would say even just having an alternative at all, whether it be Twitter uh, whether it be YouTube, which isn't as often because those uh, overlords over at YouTube are not always nice to the conservative cause. But, you know, no. whether whatever the case may be, having an alternative from the mainstream media has been so, so important because either A, they're not there on the ground like, you know, in the summer of love of 2020 when Kenosha was burning and we only had the footage of Kyle Rittenhouse from these independent journalists, not the CNNs of the world, um, but also when you want the full context of something that that has taken place. And so I think it's just been Americans have seen, wow, we're not getting the whole truth on these cable news channels. Uh, we want an alternative. I'm taking a pause because, uh, <clears throat> John, I'm going to close my door again. The dog keeps opening the door and the light keeps shifting. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping that my cat wouldn't do the same thing. So. <laughs> a very sweet little dog who's intent he's he's intent on anyway here we go we good yes okay yeah i i think um obviously i think that fox news was the first conservative outlet that if you can call it that 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 allowed people to hear a different point of view uh, it's really been interesting, Sarah, to see <laughs> just the explosion of of different platforms. I would say Substack, where you can mm -hmm. you know read people like Michael Schellenberger, um, Twitter, where they now have these spaces where you can go and have these conversations, as you mentioned, Blaze, uh, a, a lot Outkick, which is a kind of a sports mm -hmm. but political uh, entity, and so there are so many options. I just wonder sometimes if people feel overwhelmed by the number of options. And so they go back to the old standard. It's like, oh, God, just give me one choice. I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm just going to watch CNN. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that might that might be the case with, you know, some Americans. But I would also say that I think that what COVID did, um, you know, for what, three years of our lives was it showed Americans that perhaps the government narrative wasn't always the true narrative. And, uh, you know, perhaps the the narrative or the, I always like to say, the uh, science with a capital S because that is the only science yeah. that is accepted, you know, or, or, or certain views 
that are pushed by mainstream media because the government is telling you that. I think that what it did was create more of a distrust with Americans that, hey, maybe uh, this isn't always true. Hey, maybe the government doesn't always have correct data. Oh, hey, that vaccine that they told us to take that they said would uh, would make sure that we didn't get a get covid or b transmit covid were both incorrect that they had to walk back and so i think that i think that sure there are some americans who will go yeah we're really overwhelmed or perhaps we're not really tuned in with the latest alternatives we're just going to stick with cnn but i would say that if cnn's ratings are any indication i i don't it's not looking good for them so (laughs) i would would say that yeah, I, I think that, you know, Americans have, have gotten, I would say, a healthy distrust with the mainstream media narrative because of what they saw happen um, with COVID, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's astonishing to me just in my day to day and conversing with some people how how few issues people, I, I think just your average person who's trying to make a living, raise a family it seems it's very tough for them to be to to dive deep as you and I do for mm-hmm. a living into some of these issues. And I find myself um, a little surprised by that and a little nervous about that, that because, again, there's the there's the offense of commission, you know, selling a story that isn't necessarily what it seems to be. And then omission, just not airing stories at all that deserve to be aired on network news. And it's it's startling to me. I want to move to something else that you are passionate about. You started Defend Our Kids Texas. And this was in response to some of the drag shows that you saw that were not only admitting kids, but kind of like inviting kids, like Mm -hmm. encouraging kids to come watch. And I think that when you hear the term drag show, some people just think it's men dressed up as women, but some of the footage that you have revealed is, is really amazing to me. It's like, wow, are you kidding me? And there are kids sitting there. How did this all start for you? Well, um, it started really after um, some of my uh, colleagues had gone to a gay bar in Dallas last summer and uncovered just really grotesque footage um, of children being involved in the drag show, uh, drag queens teaching them how to, you know, walk the catwalk and the tipping. And, And so we started seeing this increase of um, of kids, not just, as you mentioned, not just being allowed in the shows, but of kids being encouraged to participate in the shows. And so it was after that summer um, of the, you know, the Pride Month that we just started seeing this go just rapid devolvement of what was going on inside these shows. And I just said, you know what, I think that this is going on outside of Pride Month. I think that this is, it's this is not the only month where this is happening. And the important thing is that we show people, they have to see it for themselves. Because, Michelle, as you mentioned, I don't think the average American, unless they see it, unless you get it in front of them, they're not going to believe you when you say, no, there are grown men dressing up as women twerking in front of young children to sexually explicit songs. They're not going to believe you when you say, you know, no, there's actually a drag queen Christmas show that tours the country and they sing about screwed off the red nosed reindeer and they have big silicone, you know, fake breasts that they put on display. And not only do they allow children, but they actually speak to the children who are at the shows. Yeah. They bring them up and talk to them on the mic. I just don't think that the average American would believe you. Um, and so I thought that it was important to go in there and keep getting the footage of these people so that we could call out the degeneracy for what it is, because we're, we can't change it if we can't prove that it's happening. So that's what we did. 
I saw the footage from the Christmas show. Um, I didn't know about the screwed off the red nose ring. That that just makes me laugh because it's so ridiculous. But it's just yeah. like, are you kidding me? Uh, but I did see the footage and I was startled. I was startled because if, the, first of all, because if this is what you just call a drag show, now this went well beyond just men dressing as women and kind of traipsing around a stage. This was mm-hmm. this was a sex show. This was mm-hmm. This was, to me... I was surprised. And then you interviewed, I believe it was you interviewing moms of kids, moms who were taking their children in there. And I'm talking, you know, a 12 year old or even younger. And I have to believe that you were a little like shocked by what these people told you and that they felt that this was appropriate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One mom said, uh, that it's, it's similar to what, what a child would see on a Disney show, which was, you know, just absolutely laughable. Although I will say Disney has fallen. Yes. Disney has fallen, but they haven't fallen this low. I mean, this is, this is crazy. Um, and, and, and John, I will send this to you. So maybe we can roll some in as we're talking about this, but this was, yeah, just to compare it to, you know, oh, well, they're, they're going to see this anyway. At least they're <laughs> seeing it with me and I can explain it. I'm thinking to myself, I don't understand the benefit of this. Like why you would spend your time and money doing this during the holidays. I don't get it. What am I missing? Yeah, well, you're not missing anything, Michelle. You're just a sane person. So I appreciate <laughs> that. But the the problem is that you have these, these leftist women. And, you know, I think part of it is that they just don't want to pay the money for a babysitter. I'll be frank with you. I just, I really do. I think that they don't want to pay for a babysitter because it would be so easy to just go out, have some fun with your friends and not involve your children. But I also think another portion of it is that they genuinely think that they are exposing their children to this in the name of inclusivity. That's what they always tell me every time I interact with these people. Uh, you know, well, I've taught them to be body positive or I've taught them that, you know, we love everyone. And it's like, if you guys think that you can't teach a child to be kind without forcing sexual innuendo and sexually explicit shows down their throats, you have a serious problem and need help. And I just, it's just really, it's such a weird world that we're living in that they don't understand the disconnect. And we've been so, as a society, hypersexualized, I think, that women are sitting there with their children, watching men gyrate, you know, uh, alongside each other and do the things that were performed in this show and think, well, it's okay. And one one of the other moms, Michelle, told me, um, well, I, I said, you think that it's appropriate for her to see simulated sex? And she said, well, she goes to school. She sees simulated sex all the time. What? <laughs> what I, school wow. do you have her in? You know? Yeah. Wow. If that's uh, if that's going on in schools, then that's, again, I would think about switching schools. I mean, <laughs> I'm not trying to be a prude about this. I, I Listen, I you know, we all go through our crazy college years and we do our things and we see things and we whatever. But we're talking about 12 years old and younger. And, you know, sometimes you see these videos where people have their babies there. They have their toddlers there. They have their four-year-olds, five-year-olds there. And you're thinking, to what end? What is this doing for the child? I think it traumatizes kids. I really do. I, I think when kids are exposed to to this kind of stuff a little early, it, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think I think it's... I think it's traumatizing. I think this is a way they don't like to see adults. They don't get it necessarily at that young of an age. It's 
the, the other part about this that is crazy to me, and this is veering off a little bit, but I'm hearing more and more about uh, local governments, whether it's state, whether it's a municipality saying, you know what? Our schools can hide from the parents that their kids want to be called by different pronouns and that they're considering, uh, you know, a trans lifestyle. We're not going to tell the parents this notion that you are going to to hide anything from the parents. God, I want to know everything about my kid at school. You know, what are they doing well? What are they doing wrong? Please tell me so we can help correct it at home. This is what we want to do. And by the way, if my kid is showing interest in a trans lifestyle, shouldn't I be the one that either supports or works with that kid through this? Why, why public school teachers and administrators? Why? This to me is one of the biggest mysteries as to why government and public schools think they need to be involved in this part of a family's life. What do you, what do you make of this? Yeah, um, I would say, I mean, I, I agree with every word that you just said. I, I would say that the only sense that I can make of it is that for many, many years, uh, the left was very, very uh, carefully infiltrating their way into a couple different communities and institutions. The medical community is one of them. The uh, education academia community is another one. And so I think, you know, while conservatives said, you know, we're going to live and let live, we just want to mind our own business. We're just going to stick to our families and we don't want the government to interfere. That was conservatives mentality. And while that was conservatives mentality, the left was quietly creeping into all of these institutions so that they could then change all of them and, 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 you know, twist it into what they wanted to see in the world. And so now you see the result of that, which is they're destroying our youth. I mean, you pointed out two great points of, of two different ways that they're destroying our youth, which is number one, absolutely any self-respecting psychologist uh, would tell you that this has irreparable harm that's done to children's brains when they go to something like a drag show and they see this explicit content and their brains are not ready yet to process such images. Uh, Dr. Peter McCullough has talked about it, which he seems to be one of the only doctors in the country who want to speak actual truths anymore. Um, and then you have as you mentioned, the the schools who are not wanting to tell parents about that. Of course, that's going to destroy a child. Imagine how confusing it is to a child when a, a, an adult at school is telling you, you don't have to tell your mother this. You don't have to tell your father this. This can be our little secret. And it's going to lead them more prone to depression, more prone to suicidal ideations, more prone to actually attempting suicide. These are not like, I'm not just making that up. These are true statistics because in part, these schools are confusing these children on purpose and then telling them, don't share this with the most trusted family member that you have. It is absolutely grotesque. It is shocking to me that any governor, any state assembly, any state legislative body would think this is a good idea to keep parents out of the loop. It's astonishing to me. It is, it is anti everything I can think of. It's, it's, I don't know how anyone else can step in and say, we love your kids as much as you do. No, 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 go ahead. Well, well, we even have the, you know, you're talking about state and local governments. They're doing it, but we even have the president of the United States, his administration. They have said on multiple different occasions, there are children. They're not just your children. They're all of our children. That is terrifying. I mean, that is straight out of Karl Marx's playbook. I, I don't think yeah. that people, people who are maybe not, you know, well-read, they, they don't study history. Maybe they don't realize the glaring similarities there. But do you know 
who wanted uh, to for the state to control the children, for the state to make the decisions for the children. Karl Marx, like that's straight out of the Communist Manifesto. So it's just really frightening to hear the president of the United States even saying they're all of our children. Um, actually, Joe, I... Uh, <laughs> I experienced some, we have some pictures that nobody else in the world is allowed to see in the birthing room that prove that, that, that that's just, there's just the two of us who made that child. Not, not yet. Yeah, it, it's, you're right about the Marxist elements here and that we are seeing this. And I think that uh, not only are Americans, many of them unaware, they just can't possibly believe that this could happen in America of all places. And so they think that those of us that talk about it and suggest it and say, do you see what's happening here? They think we're alarmist and crazy or worse. And in fact, I mean, it's very clear to me, like you said, when the president of the United States and his cabinet is saying, these are our children. And I mean, that is, that sends shivers down my spine and it makes me want to it makes me want to homeschool my children, but that ship has sailed. So uh, not going to happen. But it's, it is it is it, it is so offensive to me. And again, you've got a lot of people out there. I've got relatives and friends who have never had kids who think that they understand, who think that that they're on. Yes, these are. We're here to support you. It takes a village. You know, we, they're all of our kids. And I'm thinking to myself, if you had only carried a child or gone through the process of adopting a child or and loved a child every minute of every day of every year of their lives, not just the ones where they're at school, but the ones where they are crying, the ones where you can't figure out what they need when they're six months old and they're screaming. All of those moments that have made us the parent of that child, where we have suffered, where we have experience sheer joy, all of that. You have none of that under your belt with my child. So mm -hmm. stay out of it. I, I am, to me, this is one of the most terrifying things going on in our country that, that, that again, school districts, school teachers, the president think that they know what's best, that they know what's best for our kids and that they should have the power to withhold information from parents. Where does this end? How does this end? Well, look, I think that the parental rights movement has gained a lot of steam um, in the last couple of years. Again, I'll go back to COVID. I, I cannot stress enough how much of an eye opener I believe that it was in so many different ways, one of which yeah. was the parents were seeing what their kids were being taught. They were at home. They were on mm -hmm. a Zoom call and the parents heard something that went, wait a second. What is this? The paper was being yeah. emailed rather than distributed to the children in the classrooms. And so parents could see the worksheets and how inappropriate they were. And so I do think that the more that, that this goes on and the more that the left tells on themselves, really, the more it's igniting a fire within uh, these parents. Even if, again, even if you are a leftist, you have to know as a mother or a father, um, this is my child and you can't tell my child that they can do something as serious as transition their gender without speaking to me. I, I would think that every sane American could see the consequences of that, could see where that leads. And so I think that you've got a lot of people who are like, uh-uh, not to my kid. Yeah. And so I think that that really is going to, the parents are going to lead the charge on this. And I do think that the pendulum is going to swing back the other way. It already has started, I would say, in yeah. some school yeah. districts that were heavily blue that are now like pretty red because we're flipping school districts across the country because the parents were like, no, you're not doing this to my kids. And I think yeah. that that's going to continue.
I hope that Loudoun County, Virginia was an example for so many others. I think that it was. It was sort of a a, a hot point of the issue, and it got so much attention probably because of its proximity to D.C. in some ways that it, it received that much attention, but also because of the issues there. Um, yeah. I encourage people to follow you, Sarah, at, at Twitter. It's Sarah, no H, S-A-R-A Gonzalez T-X, as in Texas, on uh, Twitter. And again, you can see her on Blaze TV. Her show is The News and Why It Matters, and so much of it does matter. And I'm so glad you took time for us today, and I hope you'll do it again. I would. I would love to. Thank you so much. She is Sarah Gonzalez. Follow her on Twitter. See her on Blaze TV. This has been the Michelle Tafoya podcast. As always, please, please, please be brave and do some good today. Just a little tiny bit of good. Just one little good thing. It'll help. 